Are you an overwhelmed entrepreneur with endless tasks, emails, and messages? Do you feel your systems are ineffective or you don't have any at all? I get it. You wish you could come up for air and take that well-deserved vacation you've been dreaming of, all without sacrificing the growth or health of your business. I'm hosting a webinar to introduce concepts that you can use to learn more about how to clockwork your business for operational efficiency. The best part? The webinar is at no cost to you. It will be held May 14th at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and a recording will be available for those who can't attend live. If you are ready to make a change in your business so you can take a real vacation, go to bit.ly forward slash May 2024 CFF to enroll. That's bit.ly forward slash May 2024 CFF. I can't wait to see you there. Welcome to Biz Help for You with host Candy Messer. Entrepreneurs like to focus on the big picture, like profitability, success, and a smooth running organization. But there always seems to be those little things like taxes, employee compensation, laws, regulations, and more. Now you can get the answers you need in one place. Join us today as we break it all down for you. Now, here's your host, Candy Messer. Hello and welcome to Biz Help for You with Candy Messer. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed the interview that I did last time on the topic. If you are unable to join us and would like to listen to the show, links can be found on our YouTube and Facebook pages, as well as multiple favorite podcast platforms. And if you'd like to receive notifications on when our podcasts have been uploaded, please like and subscribe. Now, let's learn a little bit about our guest today. Daniel Felt is the founder and CEO of Cura Home. Since starting in 2016, Cura Home has grown from Daniel's garage to now servicing Denver, Colorado, and the greater Minneapolis area. Focusing on high-quality work at a fair price, Cura Home services over 600 homes on a quarterly basis, completing their routine maintenance needs. In his free time, Daniel enjoys being a husband, father, camping, hiking, marathons, ultramarathons, and Ironman triathlons. He's also a private pilot and certified home inspector. Daniel's goals include selling 10 franchises, reading or listening to 52 books, and servicing a total of 1,000 homes routine maintenance needs this year. For podcast guest appearances, Daniel has been a guest discussing many topics, including advertising, marketing, SEO, home services, franchises, entrepreneurship, business startups, business challenges, and much more. So Daniel, welcome to the show. Thank you, Candy. Great to be here. I'm glad to have you. Uh, before I get into questions that I have, though, I would love for you to tell us just a little bit more about yourself and how did you get involved with what you're doing currently? Yeah, for sure. I grew up on a small hobby farm in Midwestern Minnesota. I had five siblings and my family is entrepreneurship for sure runs in our family. So I have all of my siblings are in one way or another, a entrepreneur. And after that, went to school like everyone else, studied business marketing and ended up actually working for my brother's company. And he's in the home service industry. And the concept came up for this routine maintenance and he didn't want to add it to his business. And so I decided to start it on my own. Oh, nice. 
Well, I have had an interview once before on my podcast where we were talking about kind of the benefits of franchising from a perspective of looking for a franchise, you know, but Mm -hmm. today we're going to talk about if you have a company already and you want to turn it into a franchise. So what would be one of the benefits or multiple benefits that you see from actually taking your business from like a sole company into a franchise? Yeah, for me as the business owner, I would say the the biggest benefit has been to make sure that you have all your systems and processes in a row because if someone's going to come in and buy this, it has to be a proven concept. You can't just mm-hmm. have this thing that's like, oh, we got lucky and we figured it out. It has to be like, you need to answer the question, but why? And then mm-hmm. why again and why and why and why? And you need to keep on being able to answer that question and you need to have answers to that. So for us, it was really diving in deep, looking at systems and can I train anyone how to do this? And you have to keep on, you know, keeping your systems updated, make sure they're there and you have to be able to answer those questions. Mm-hmm. Well, in terms of as a company to, you know, what would be a benefit for you as a company to actually franchise to other people? Yeah, ultimately, it's a it's an easier way to get your concept out into other markets. We've one of our failures has been that we've tried opening a few other markets and mm-hmm. without having a sense of ownership there, it was very, very challenging for us to spread our brand out to markets where we are not, you know, physically in. And so mm-hmm. what ended up having is we started them and we, we closed them down because it's just managing a technician from a thousand miles away is really, really difficult. So the benefit of the franchise is now you have someone who has skin in the game and they mm-hmm. are following the same systems and processes that you have. In yours and and so if a customer happens to move or they want to come and eat a sandwich uh, at this area or that area it's going to be the same experience for them and that's what the franchise offers so if you're wanting to expand your brand that's for sure one of the most beneficial ways to do that it's it's very very challenging to do owner owned locations where mm-hmm. if you're not like i don't like traveling i like I, I like traveling with my family i don't like traveling for work and so for me <laughs> right. ultimately doing the franchises is a, is a better model to meet my growth goals Mm-hmm. So you did mention, you know, one of the downfalls is, you know, having, you know, where you're not in a location, you're not able to really help manage that, you know, and mm-hmm. someone is not really as interested if they haven't actually had to invest in something, you know, but are mm-hmm. there other things that you experience that were maybe a downside of franchising your company? Yeah, one of the, the I'd say the major downside and one reason why we have actually started offering licenses now as well, like alongside the franchise, is that people want something that's like really proven. And so selling the first franchise is just crazy difficult because mm-hmm. you're you're convincing someone to become an entrepreneur and then you're convincing them to become an entrepreneur on something that, hey, we want you to do it our way. And so it's kind of mm-hmm. it's it's kind of this personality that doesn't exist always. Where, you know, starting up, like, for example, let's use a common franchise like Subway. It's, hey, this has been proven 1,500 times or whatever that number is. It's a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. But for for me, you know, hey, we've got it. We are running here successfully. And now you can do that. But it's really difficult because you can't share. Like, I can't tell you that, hey, our profit margin is 28.5%, for example. Like, I can't tell you any of that stuff as a potential franchisee because I can't guarantee you anything. So right. that's, that's, it's very, very frustrating to try to get that aside where if you're going to open your own location, I, I don't have to convince anyone. I just have to convince mm-hmm. myself and then hire the people there. But even with that, we have had employees in other locations that are doing, they're, they're, they're starting to do it differently than we want it done. And mm-hmm. it's almost with a franchise, if it was a franchisee, you can just say, hey, you're not following the rules and we can, we can essentially write you up and give you a, a warning on that. 
with an employee, like you have to write them up as well. And then if you like fire them, it's like you, it's, it's almost you know, similar things. You're having to like go through all this legal stuff to, to do it. It's almost more difficult with a employee. Cause they're like, well, I don't really care. What are you gonna do? Fire me with a franchise or a franchisee mm-hmm. relationship. Now you can say, Hey, I, this is really important. This is the way that we're supposed to be doing it. And here's why. And I, I really, if you're going to be working underneath the brand, I need you to follow this system and this process. Mm-hmm. Well, we know too, when there are franchises, you know, like you said briefly before, there are processes, systems, mm-hmm. sometimes software, you know, there's a lot that goes mm-hmm. into it in terms of what people have to use to be part of the franchise. So if you're going to franchise your company, like how do you even figure out everything that you need to do to have in place that a franchisee will then be able to take over what you have and start implementing that. So what would you tell, you know, someone thinking about this, what those steps should be and how to go about it? Yeah, I think you got to go back to day one, you know, like, what did you do when you started, right? It's getting the legal stuff in place. So getting that LLC, getting insurance, what CRM systems are you going to use? Now, the nice thing is like, once you get to a certain point, it's like, okay, now you just copy every single thing that the franchisor is doing and here's how. So it's it's documenting all these things. And, and when I tell you that we have a 600 page manual on how to maintain a home, you might think, man, that's just crazy. But that's what it takes to go from, mm-hmm. you know, how do you, you know, not only do you get all the, the the things in place so you can service your first customer, but now how do you actually service the first customer? So, mm-hmm. you know, the, the marketing, the sales, the scripts, the scheduling, there's so many things that go into place in today. It's not just simply like you don't call your neighbor Joe and say, hey, can you come, you know, clean my AC unit? And he's there and you throw him a hundred bucks cash or whatever. I mean, we're we're so far behind that and the systems and processes that go in place. And so mm-hmm. having all that stuff, not only like in place and working properly so that it has to be a proven concept, now you need to make sure that's documented and it's going to work in another location. You can't just be some unicorn out there that's like, it only works because of me. If that's mm-hmm. the case, you shouldn't franchise your business. It has to be something that can be duplicated. If you're like a one or two person company, it's, you know, in, especially like in the service industry, it's, you're probably quite not ready to franchise it. Mm-hmm. You can start documenting systems and processes at any time, of course, which I highly recommend. But it has to be something that you can duplicate. Can this business run without you? You know, all these things, like when you go on vacation, are you actually on vacation or does your company fall apart while you're gone? Those are all really good questions to look at to get your company to a spot where it can be franchised. Mm-hmm. And if you are giving somebody basically your name as a franchisor, mm-hmm. you know, to operate, how do you make sure that they're actually following the guidelines that you have presented to represent you well? Yeah, a lot of it is, you know, you're, you can, you can actually learn quite a bit just from like stepping back and observing a company, like the way, mm-hmm. like, what do your Google reviews look like? You know, are you getting a bad review? And it's like, if you're getting a bad review, why is this? So even just from the outside, without even talking to a business, you can actually do quite a bit of auditing from there. But uh, especially in the service industry, it it requires, you know, site visits and, and for each franchise it's different. It might be mm-hmm. monthly, quarterly, biannual, annual basis. I recommend for sure on an annual basis of just checking in and say, how's this going? You can also use secret shoppers. That's a, mm-hmm. um, a really, really good way to see how, hey, how's this, how did this, how were you treated? You know, did this, this, this happen? And, and if you have all your systems and processes, it's pretty easy to pull, you know, a quick, here's the 20 things that should happen when your home is serviced. And you can always call, you know, secret shopping is, is a really easy way as well. Mm-hmm. So if someone is interested then in going down this route and saying, yes, I, I think I've got a great system in place. I've got a lot of documentation and step one, step two, here's the software. You know, I think I've got a great package. How mm-hmm. long 
on average do you believe it really takes from the time you decide you want to start that until you've actually implemented it and can start attracting people who want to be franchisees? Yeah, I would say uh, roughly like four to six months, I would say to go down that path. You need to create, there's three, the three large things that you need to create is you you need to have that FDD created. That's a legal document. Uh, you need to have a purchase agreement drafted uh, uh, up. Those two mm-hmm. documents, depending on the complexity of your business, are going to be about 100 to 130 pages. Um, from there, you need to have a financial audit done on your company. That can take several weeks. And then you do need to get registered in registration states, and that can take mm-hmm. quite a while as well. There, there are a large number of states. A majority of them, about two-thirds, are you can start selling franchises right away once you have that FDD ready to go. And then additionally, depending on how quick you can, you can work, if you have all that stuff, your systems and your operating manual and stuff like that, like you do, it needs to be in a really nice, pretty, you know, binder essentially. And, and hopefully that's virtually so that you can keep that Mm -hmm. as a a live document. But, you know, depending on the speed of lawyers and things like that, I would say if you do it in, in less than four months, you're, you're doing pretty quick, but I would expect four to six months. Okay. And then Obviously, there are fees, you know, to purchase into mm-hmm. a franchise. And usually I know there's royalties or advertising mm-hmm. fees or things like that, too. So how do you even determine the cost of an initial investment as well as the ongoing investment that the franchisees would have to pay? Yeah, what we did, because I would say unless it got to be an insane cost, you're you're pretty much losing money on that initial buy-in. And, and for mm-hmm. us, it's 45 k And the way mm-hmm. that we decided that price is we just played the game of averages. We looked at what are, what are other service-based, you know, franchises, ones that are successful, what are they charging and just copy and paste. Like there's no reason for us to make up, you know, some crazy number. Most, mm-hmm. it, you know, from my research, it seems that most service-based in- industries have a price rate between like 40 and 80 K to buy. And some are more expensive, especially if they have uh, high profit margins or they're a really well-known brand. And then for the royalties, it seems that 7% is just like, that's the cost. Like that's what mm-hmm. almost every franchise, I think I've seen as low as 6.5. And I think I've seen as high as like 11 on, on a royalty there. And then you can add in different things. Uh, sometimes franchises will offer a service like uh, to answer the phones. And then there's going to be mm-hmm. a percentage or a fee on that. They can offer marketing and, and different services like that. So everyone is really kind of unique. We tried, what we did is we just summarized that into like a one page PDF of like, here's basically your upfront cost. So it's, you know, and, and you have to have a huge range. So it can be as cheap as 45K to buy in. It could be up to like 120, but you can you can buy a really nice uh, van for, you know, 20, 30K. You could go buy the, one of the Mercedes vans for 80 grand and they're both going to do the same thing for you, but you have a little smoother ride. I, of course, mm-hmm. recommend the more affordable option there so that you have to have a pretty wide, wide range on that so that if a potential franchisee knows what they're getting into. Mm-hmm. So for a potential franchisee then too, is there something that you're able to do to help them get financing because they're going to be part of a franchise or is it still, they're kind of on their own. They have to be able to supply, you know, their down payment, go to a bank, you know, get a loan to buy in and buy the equipment. Like how would that work? Yeah, there's probably a ton of options. Um, The two options that we've really, we've always recommend that Hey, get a relationship with your local bank. You know, don't mm-hmm. go to a bank that has their name on a football stadium. Go to a, get a relationship with a small local bank. Talk to them first. Additionally, our franchise is registered with the SBA, the Small mm-hmm. Business Administration, so that they know that we're actually like a legitimate thing. And they they would potentially, if you have the, the correct history, they would mm-hmm. potentially finance that for you. 
And the last option that we provide is that we will actually finance it for you. So we'll <laughs> finance some of those down payments for you. But the biggest reason why there is that initial 45K is because it needs someone to have skin in the game. It can't be something mm-hmm. that, hey, two, three months down the road, you're like, you know, this is tough. I'm out. Like that's mm-hmm. not that's not going to work. And so there has to be enough invested by the potential franchisee that they're they've got skin in the game and they're going to they're going to. Some days are tough and uh, it's not, it's not always, always easy. And they're going to stick it out for the long run. Mm-hmm. Right. Entrepreneurship, you know, whether you are a franchisee or you're doing it on your mm-hmm. own, there are good and bad times, right? And it does sure. take a lot of effort. So when someone signs up with you then as a franchise and, you know, purchases and they're getting stuff set up, do you have more time invested with them up front, you know, to get them going? Um, what does that look like in terms of like a time commitment and, you know, letting people know if I'm going to be doing this with my own company, I need to be prepared for, you know, this much investment. Yeah, it's definitely a huge upfront time investment for us. We're going to spend approximately two weeks. So 10 total days training this person because they're on mm-hmm. everything. We have to train you on the on the marketing, on sales scripts, how to do the estimates, how to actually do the work. And, mm-hmm. and we in, in the beginning, you're, you're really flexible, right? Like we're kind of willing to do whatever it is with that. And then ongoing training too is is something that's really important to it. It's it's almost like you're you're training them in on the concept, but then you also kind of need to put on like a business coach hat too to mm-hmm. say like, hey, we're gonna help you know walk alongside you in this and and help encourage and motivate you. And the, like my goal is that how can I get you like let's say that I'm at you know I'm of the twenty six steps of being a successful entrepreneur, I'm on step like fifteen maybe. I, how can I get you as a franchisee? right next to me a lot faster. You know, we've been in business mm-hmm. for six and a half years. Can I get you there where we're at in two years? You know, and so that's mm-hmm. really the what you're buying into is is how can I accelerate the, the success that I'm looking for? So we envision it being an ongoing support. You don't mm-hmm. just leave training and then it's like, good luck. Like, let us know. We're going right. to collect our, you know, our royalty. That's not the case at all. We're, we're a very, very hands-on. We want you to succeed. And I think most franchisors are that way. They want the mm-hmm. franchisee to succeed. Right. Of course. And you've actually built it yourself. So, you know, some of the things that were challenges that you've been mm-hmm. able to overcome. So you're able to pass that along to the franchisee, like you said, to get mm-hmm. them there faster than them making those mistakes on their own. So, so that's ideal. Now, do you have other resources maybe that you pair them with so obviously you said two weeks up front and you know mm-hmm. there's some ongoing things but do you help them find maybe like a local sbdc or score office if they have questions or you know like some ongoing just support in general like how does that work when you're a franchise or with a franchisee owner yeah it would really depend on like what the issue is you know because we of course you know, you want to be a resource for them, but there's things that are out mm-hmm. of your control. And, and legally, there's only so many things as a franchisor you can do. You can't, right. I can't be the franchisor and your business coach. So it mm-hmm. really, it would be, it would be steering them in the right, right direction. And a lot of it's, um, a lot of answers are, are, or a lot of questions are answered by saying, Hey, if I were you, I would be, I would go and I would do this. So, mm-hmm. so that's where a lot of it is, you know, but they, they still do own their own business. You know, you right. own the business and, and, and you're doing this and, and so we can have a ton of rules in place and a lot of recommendations, but at the end of the day, it is still your business and, and mm-hmm. uh, you want you want them to be successful. Right. So mentioning the fact that you built it, made mistakes, learned from them too, what are mm-hmm. some things that maybe you know now that you wish you would have known when you first began? Yeah, a lot of it. I think, <clears throat> you know, for me, you know, documenting everything, systemizing everything is just crazy mm-hmm. important. I think I wish I would have spent 
a little bit more time in the beginning getting some of those systems and processes rather than being like i just got to service my first customer that was my like mm-hmm. initial like huge push you know for me we we spent a we've spent a lot of money on different marketing initiatives that were a complete bust and you know you talk to a salesperson or something like that and it's like oh man this is going to be a game changer for us and you know this is going to buy me that cool little fishing boat that i wanted for so long and then and it's a complete bust so you know for us ultimately it's it's really I think it's really important to get some systems and processes in place before you start any business. Uh, talk mm-hmm. to a lot of people. I, I bet I had a thousand people tell me that, Daniel, this is the best idea I've ever heard. And very few of them signed up, you know, and so that's, mm-hmm. that's really challenging. And so luckily we, you know, changed a few things in our business. And now we, you know, are servicing actually about 750 clients in the Minneapolis market. And, and that's what, that's just on a reoccurring basis. So yeah, it's you. It, it's a lot of work. It takes more money than you realize to start mm-hmm. a business. The cash really pours out quite quickly on all these little things. But you got to stick it out. It it is worth it. You know, I think getting two three years into a business is awesome. Five years is like, oh sweet, mm-hmm. like this actually works, and and it's not as stressful anymore to make payroll or pay your mortgage. Right. So the franchisor, how do you vet out those potential franchisees? So someone could come to you, yes, I've got the $45,000, but mm-hmm. there's other things I'm sure you look at to make sure that they're going to be successful, right? Because again, you don't want them to lose their investment mm-hmm. and not be successful and also maybe not represent your name, you know, very well and, and go Correct. out of business. So how do you even make sure that the person who's applying to have a franchise is an ideal candidate? Yeah, a lot of it is, and I'd love to say that we have this incredible system and personality tests and all these things, but a lot of it, honestly, Candy, is just getting, is taking time to get to know these people. You sit mm-hmm. down, you, and we have a, we have a process, of course, even we, we have a process for qualifying people to be a franchisee and you go through that and then you realize like how busy are you or not busy, how motivated are like how far do you push? You know, if I say, Hey, you know, I, we had a great first meeting, let's schedule a second one and you're booked out three weeks. And that's mm-hmm. a kind of a red flag. It's like, hey, you shouldn't be booked out three weeks for us to have another half hour meeting here. So there's mm-hmm. like little things like that, that it's like, you know, we should be able to schedule this within a week. And, but a lot of times, like you can just kind of tell with people's personality, it's like either, either you're like a tire kicker or if you're just like right. looking to do like a 1031 exchange or something, this is not mm-hmm. the franchise for you. You know, that's not like, this is something that you've got to be like hands-on with, especially for mm-hmm. a while we're not going to throw a subway sign up and people just automatically come because they have a huge national marketing budget. That's not Kira home. So we ask a lot of questions. We get to know what your expectations are. And we'll ask like, where do you see yourself in five years or three years, one year from now? And if those goals don't align, we just very honestly tell people like, Hey, gotta be honest with you. I don't think this is the best fit for you. If I were you, Mm -hmm. I'd be looking for something like this. And, and people appreciate that more than you, the more than you realize. Mm -hmm. So do you have someone that kind of attracts potential franchisees to you or is it just you're out there marketing and they somehow find you? Like, how do you make that work? Yeah, there is, that is a challenge, I will say. I'm going to try and make it sound really easy. There's a bunch of franchise brokers out there that you pay like a monthly fee. It's a couple hundred bucks and you're on their website and they're out there and they are hopefully attracting people. And then they will do a territory check on you to say, Hey, is Austin, Texas available? And then mm-hmm. you respond and say, yes, it is. So that's, that's one of the most common way that, ways that we're getting leads from there. There's like, you know, websites that have, you know, that you can just have your listing on there where, where your normal consumer is, I don't want to go through a broker. 
I want to go direct to you. From there, you play the same way as you as you're selling your service. You you want this is another service that we're sell, selling, and so you want to play the SEO game. You know, write blogs, have some videos up on it. You we have a link in every single newsletter that we send. So we're kind of trying a lot of different organic ways to do it, and it is it's it is not very easy. The average mm-hmm. franchisor has a one percent success rate or, or oh, close wow. rate. So so it takes a hundred mm-hmm. leads. Hopefully mm-hmm. those are 100 qualified leads. And and so compared to like if I'm selling routine maintenance or air duct cleaning, routine maintenance, we have like 80% close, right? Air duct cleaning is 43%. You're, get, you're dealing with a lot more rejection and it's a much longer sales process. So you kind of have to like re, you know, kind of like take a deep breath and be like, hey, this is a different, this is a different deal and we're going to, we're going to mm-hmm. go for it. Right. In that discussion too, you just mentioned kind of like the territories and mm-hmm. how do you determine how much of a territory someone gets for their franchise too. So they're not on top of each other, you know, mm-hmm. versus, you know, making sure they have enough success when they actually open their franchise. Yeah. This again, I, I, I've just got to give credit to other previous service-based companies. We looked at what they were doing and Hey, let's just copy and paste that. So a lot of times that's broken down by zip codes or, you know, a certain like geographical area, such as like roads or things like that. I like zip mm-hmm. codes because it's a lot easier you know, if someone calls in, you know, now you're not, if, if we do get these piling up on each other, uh, ultimately, you know, territory wise, you kind of figure out how much, what it's, it's really unique because I don't own anything in Austin, Texas right now, but mm-hmm. I can award you a certain area that you can operate this brand. in. it's a really, it's a really unique thing. So I don't even own it, but I can tell you here's where you can operate in. So for us, we, we do for sure want to give enough territory. It's kind of a, a catch 22 because I want to give you enough that you're going to be successful but I don't want to give you so much that if you're if you're a horrible franchisee and you're just you you never grow, mm-hmm. I don't want to give you so much that man we could have been killing it in this market if you know Jim would have bought it rather than Bob and now and now mm-hmm. you know Jim's got it for ten years so so it's really this you kind of got to figure that out and, and it's really a balancing act. Mm-hmm. And is it do you kind of look at population wise so it's kind of even like you know if you do zip code one zip code could have a very small amount mm-hmm. of people and one could have a lot so in terms of that do you take that into consideration yeah 100% it's it's all based off of of uh population so you might have mm-hmm. a very large geographical area that has a million and the next person might have a significantly smaller but they still have a million people in it mhm yeah. Well, there's so much that goes into this. I mean, we've only had a brief conversation and to me, it seems like there's so much more to know about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure that people who are listening who are thinking like, yes, I'm interested in this, but there's still so much more to learn. So I would love mm-hmm. for you to maybe mention any offer that you have to help our listener and how they can actually connect with you to get more information. Yeah. Uh, if, if you're interested in the franchise, contact me directly and we will, we will give you offer. If, if you mention this, this podcast, we will, we will give you a discount. Maybe it's uh we award you a larger population or things like that, but we'll have to figure that out depending on what's beneficial for you. Or maybe we knock off a percentage off of that initial franchise fee, but the best way to connect with me, it's really easy to find me on LinkedIn, just Daniel felt. Otherwise you can email me directly. That's daniel.felt at curahome.com. If you're interested in, us, in our services, follow us on social media. We are very, very active. We go viral every once in a while. It's really fun. We're doing all the cool dances and all that. And it, but it's at the end of the day, very educational content to maintain your home. Mm-hmm. Well, so it sounds like you're adding just a little bit of fun in there to make it entertaining, mm-hmm. you know, as well as educational. <laughs> Most definitely. That's good. Well, thank you, Daniel, for being a guest on my show and, you know, talking about this topic. It's not one that people really hear very often, but I thought mm-hmm. it was important to share. Most definitely was uh, an honor to share with you guys. 
Well, thank you. And to the listener, thank you for tuning in. I hope you found this topic interesting and that answered some of your questions about trials and tribulations of franchising your business. If you have any additional questions or comments, be sure to reach out to Daniel or send us a message at media at abandp.com. I hope you can join us for my next interview on the topic. And please remember, you can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And my website is abandp.com. And remember, you can also find the podcast posted on multiple favorite podcast platforms, including iTunes, Google, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. And would you please share our show with those you know and leave a review on your favorite platform? I'd really appreciate your support. Until next time, have a great day. All right, where's, let me expand this. Thank you for listening to Biz Help For You. Please join your host, Candy Messer, again next time. Have a terrific day.